Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Kenny and Adam, and we are going to be talking about the 14 Amazons. This is a, uh, um, a film directed by Cheng Kang and uh, Charles Tung Xiaoyong. It has an all-star cast that includes Ivy Ling Po, Lily Ho, Lisa Lu, Yu Hua, Lo Lie, Wang Ping, Li Qing, and Chu Peipei, among many others. Uh, in this 1972 award-winning epic based on stories, plays, and legends, the women of the Yang family go to war with Western Xia when their beloved general Yang Zhongbao dies defending the border. So that's the sort of quick synopsis, and we're going to get into the sort of uh, individual beats of the movie. But just off the bat, guys, what did you what did you think of it? I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, uh, there, I had a few issues uh, with sort of the the vast number of characters in the cast and the sort of lack of sort of visual differentiation between some of the the um, the ladies from the Yang family. But the key characters were distinct and recognizable, um, and I I enjoyed the sort of the. The, the fight scenes there as well some of it did feel a bit weak at times but i, I feel like that's um it's sort of made up for by how brutal um the, the the scenes actually ended up um turning to be so um yeah and i, I thought actually some of the, the fight scenes had a very uh chan che feel to them i don't know if just because it was a sort of they used the same sort of blood for their special effects but it's um, the same as shaw brothers blood that's what is that yeah shaw brothers it's the same blood. the same source the same tank that they just pour it out of <laughs> but um yeah so some of the fights are actually quite brutal I like, I like the effects there and i really enjoy the story as well it's just it's um it's it's unusual and i would you know you normally women don't get as big of a part in these sorts of in sort of wuxia and martial arts movies and this is purely focused on the women of the yang family and it's um sort of highlighting their valor and uh you know and, and you know not sort of forgetting their compassion as well like the the, the, the reason they're going throughout or for, for all of this is just to sort of avenge um you know a family members of theirs and up, uphold of the 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 honor of the yang family as well while you know showing some some of the chivalry that men would normally be expected to show in, in these types of movies and sort of sub subverting it that way and uh no i i i i, I really enjoyed um the movie actually yeah yeah i enjoyed it as well i mean it's uh after watching three chang she movies in a row it was it was slower paced than, than those but it i i still was pretty drawn in and i was i i was i was pretty emotionally invested in the movie on the whole i mean i I had some of the same issues with, you know, telling some of the more minor characters in the family apart as far as who was who. But you really only need to know who the who the, uh, the primary characters are to follow it. So it wasn't it, it wasn't a huge deal. But uh, but yeah, I, I was I was pleased with this one. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like this movie a lot. Um, I think it's a, a kind of like what Kenny was saying about the brutality of it. There's something. It, mm. It's it's less about the. Uh, there's not there's not as much emphasis on some of the the physical performances as there just is on sort of the 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 end result of all of of of, of the of the fight. And, and I mean, the, and the physical performances are good too. But it's 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 it, the thing that sort of sticks in your mind after you saw the film is the crunching. And the and the bloodletting and and sort of the, it's a little bit unflinching when it comes yeah, to the, the violence, so. and it is interesting that they're doing that in a movie that's 
like very specifically about a large group of women that are going to fight a war that that the that the men in the uh, society aren't willing to to to, to 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 fight. Like they 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 ask the uh, the minister of war to send troops and he won't, and he's trying to cut a deal with the the Western Shah, and so the the matriarch of the family after the general is killed you know basically decides that they're going to go and do it so it's uh you know for that sort of uh having that focus on 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 women and and being able to still have them get it just as bad as the guys would kind of <laughs> makes the point even stronger than if than if it was uh just the valor but without the without the without the real cost of it um so so yeah so uh i guess getting into the the sort of structure of the movie it begins where uh uh general yang is is defending the border and he's uh uh trying to escape because they've had a a a tremendous loss and he ends up uh you know making a, a final stand against the the five princes of western shah uh but before he's done that, he sends two of his generals off to to go inform his family of of the dire situation, and and so there's this you know this really sort of uh, poetically shot scene where after he's killed, he's just standing in the he's like kneeling in the wind in place, and uh, you know there's there's a, there's another movie called Eight Diagram Pole Fighter that's drawn from similar material, and they do something quite like that in in there. So it's kind of yeah, I don't know it's sort of like I, it. I guess you would call it like a death painting moment in the movie. It just kind of, it has an odd sort of appearance to it as a result. Um, but that's sort of the prologue. So I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on the on the way the filmed open, whether from the narration or from the, uh, the death of General Yang? I mean, we're sort of immediately thrown into the sort of stalwart and the unyielding nature of the general. And... It sort of sort of sets sets a nice undertone as well for the for the you know the rest of the Yang family and how they're all sort of unflinching in in, in their desire to fulfill their duty and achieve their vengeance, um, and I, I I do sort of wonder if you know the 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 Western now uh, the, the the Western Shah people were actually that brutal in their sort of torture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels a bit over the top. Like they, 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 I. I yeah, I understand that this is sort of like drawn from maybe like, um, yeah, stories and myths and stuff about uh, about that sort of period. So maybe they they always sort of paint the uh, the Western Shah people as more brutal than necessary. But it it did feel a bit extreme though. You know, they like the guy like the General Yang had like three arrows in him, like one in his arm, his leg, and his stomach or whatever, and he's been hooked by by the mace, been slapped with an iron hand. Like he he's been brutalized in in, in a very very sort of graphic way and still standing and you know it, it's uh it was definitely in a, a scene with a lot of impact and it sets a good tone for the rest of the movie and what we what you should sort of expect as well i'd say the the, the western shah and this definitely get the full villain treatment for sure it's kind of like in these movies when you have like the japanese occupation or something the japanese are just you know sort of caricatures um and and, and i mean in this one they spend most of their time from what we see uh torturing prisoners you know, in like like the king, like the king is just sort of sitting there, you know, with his men, you know, coming up with what to do with the prisoners, and they're just sort of constantly upping the ante. 
and uh drinking the blood of their enemies um you know it's very uh um uh it's def it's definitely uh, a little bit over the top but i think i think for the purposes of the movie it definitely works you just would want to uh if you were if you were uh you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to uh just absorb this information for your history class when you're uh you know when you're working on a paper uh but for dramatic purposes it works great um, yeah, it was definitely the definitely the movie trick of just getting you to hate the villain seemed their primary purpose in this scene and some of the future scenes. It was and it worked. It, it worked on me. I was raring, raring for the uh, the vengeance to happen in this movie. But, and we uh, and I should say we get uh, Lolier as the fifth prince who is like the real villain in the movie. Like he's not the most yeah. powerful uh, prince or not the most powerful character on that side. But he is the he is definitely the villain, I think, of the film. Um, and Lolier is a really good uh, actor to use in that kind of role. Um, and he he has a great moment later on in the movie with Ivy Ling Po where they face off that uh, that I think really worked. Um, so yeah, so there's uh, you know, and I, I thought the music too that they were playing when he's standing in the wind was there's a lot of music like that that's very traditional and effective, and I thought like you know you can. It sort of feels like it's trying to get your blood, you know, like like the blood flowing. It's like that kind of music. Um, it's very picking off her as well, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. It definitely has that. But but it's like very emotional. Like there's a very, uh, I don't know, I feel like I want to do something when I'm listening to the music. Like I like, uh, it, 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 it's, uh, I found it moving. And, uh, and so I thought that added a lot to it. But, um, but yeah, so then we get to the next scene, which is the birthday celebration of uh of zhang pao so the women of the yang family are gathered uh to honor him on his birthday and even though he's in the front lines and they don't have any idea yet that he's been killed and we've already witnessed the 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 brutal massacre so we know uh you know the truth and this is an interesting scene because number one we we meet uh mugu ying uh who is the the, the wife of general yang and kind of uh one of the main heroines of the movie and we also meet um the 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 grandmother of the film Shi Tai Chun played by Lisa Lu, and and so uh, and my apologies we're having a storm and I'm getting some sound so if people can hear that uh, I apologize but they use this interesting technique where they uh, they have um, they have Mugui Ying uh, toast to each of the uh, women in the family that are present and they use that opportunity to put a title card for each character. So it's kind of a neat little trick, uh, you know, that I thought was visually effective and also gave you a sense of, wow, there's a, a huge number of characters in this movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's sort of like the opening of Brave Archer, where it's just like character after character. Um, but it was a little bit more natural and actually part of what was going on. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but on the other hand, too, it was people dressed mainly the same, and you're just like, ah, oh, it was really, really Who's important. Who should I remember? And yeah, <laughs> I, I actually thought the um, the 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 woman, the, the, the aunt who was uh, drinking two portions of wine was going to be like relevant. Like, I, yeah, like, yeah, she, she, she stood out a bit too much to not be relevant. But then, like, I don't remember her doing anything significant for uh, uh, like through the movie. That seemed that seemed like a very like a very backhanded kind of. Insult to oh you're very good at drinking. It was just <laughs> yeah. There there are a lot of characters. I think you obviously need to remember Mu Gu Ying. You need to remember Shi Tai Chun, and it's a good idea to remember uh, Yang Wen Gong, the uh, Lily Ho character, who's a boy but played by a woman. 
and mm-hmm. um and i think the the only other character that you uh that you like would need to remember would be um the yang Peifeng character the uh, uh one played by shu pepe because she has some big moments in the movie but uh, and 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 again there are men too that are important but they're not as many to sort of keep track of so uh but i would say those four or five characters who you want to focus on and then if you you know if you can pick it up you know on rewatches then you know all the better but i think i think the important thing to that they're trying to do is you know overwhelm you with the number of yang women that are that are present so that's that's the you know it, it doesn't matter if you can keep track of everybody uh, no. But during during the festivities, uh, General Mung and General Chow, the two generals he sent off, uh, arrive and they give the bad news to um, Mu Gu Ying. But then they sort of convince her to to not dis- not d- disrupt the party by telling everybody because they don't want the um, uh, uh, Shi Tai Chun character to to uh, to to be aware of it yet. But she sort of works it out when they go to report to her. She she figures out well he wouldn't send you here for for a stupid reason. So uh, so and then we get a you know like everybody there there are these these waves of grief at the party. The first we have Mu Gui Ying who sort of hit the you know the first and probably the hardest. And we get like this you can sort of feel the uh, the effect of the loss from her. And then when when uh, when uh uh shi tai chun and and all the other characters find out it you know everybody starts to mourn and um and and so i'll move on to the shrine in a minute but did anybody have any comments or thoughts about this opening sequence i i actually thought it was um quite hard on so as a character for Mu Ying because she's like she steeled herself up to try and like hide this news from mm-hmm. everybody like she was like determined and she put the flower back in her hair and she's like i'm going to keep this news a secret until the party's over uh, and, and yeah and you know and then she had to like all of that sort of just dissolve was because you know the, the grand duchess was uh more shrewd than she 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 appeared i guess and was able to discern the truth from from the behaviors of the soldiers and her knowledge of her uh i guess is it a son or grandson uh, i think it's her grandson actually I, I, yeah um yeah i think yeah because um the the grandmother was actually the grand uh, so so her daughter was actually sat next to mukui ying and mukui ying was calling her grandmother no wait no mother. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I think she's the great grandmother of the of the family. So she's, I mean, she's the matriarch, and she's uh, yeah. And so, um, but uh, what was it that I was saying? So, um, so yeah. So, uh, any any additional thoughts on the on that moment in the film? I don't know. I I, just, I thought the grief was very palpable and uh, mm-hmm. very well done from from all of the characters there. You could you could really feel like their loss there and uh i guess we'll talk about the the, the shrine bit in a bit so that's quite important though. yeah because the next the next scene is the shrine where they go to pay their respects and uh prime minister ku arrives and he seems to be a uh a reasonable man who, who has the respect of the yang family but then this uh war minister wong shows up and he and uh uh shi tai chun don't see eye to eye on things and uh initially he sort of is respectful uh but then she presses him to um 
you know, to, to set, you know, like we need to send troops to deal with these, uh, you know, the, 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 this invasion. And, and he says, no, there's, you know, uh, we lose too many men. Uh, you know, there's, 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 we don't we don't have enough men to send. And she she sort of reminds him in the dubs. I think she said there were 500,000 men, but I'm pretty sure in the sub she said there were 800,000 of the Imperial Army in the city. Um, and he says that, no, we can't use those. That would be, you know, uh, and so, uh, so they kind of get into a, a little bit of a verbal sparring match and he calls them a family of dreaming, unrealistic widows. And she rebukes him by saying, look behind you. And she points at a mural and it's got images of the Yang family fighting all these battles. And she says, you know, since the country was born, the Yangs have given themselves. And, you know, she gives a big speech on it. And and he leaves, and when he leaves, she says, you know, she instructs everybody to to cleanse the shrine of the the taint of this treacherous man, and uh, and she's just you know really really upset by it, and uh, and basically they say they can go they uh, you know they can go and do it themselves to him they 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 they, they they're trained in, in war they they feel that that they each can count as a general, and so uh, you know they would be willing to go and lead the troops and. Uh, again, he wasn't having it. So, uh, you know, the prime minister, you know, says that, you know, the the war minister Wong controls the troops. So they're going to have to go around him somehow. And and so what they ultimately decide to do is they ultimately decide to just march out on their own. And um, and before they do, uh, uh, Wen Quan, the son of General Yang, wants to join them. But because he's the only male heir, they're reluctant to let him leave. So they decide to hold a uh, a sparring match to test his spear skill. So his mother Mu Ying uh, spars with him and lets him win, so that he can uh, so that he can go and, and, and join them for the fight. And uh, and yeah, so I don't know any thoughts on the the, the shrine scene or the uh, the the spear skill scene. I kind of felt like the spear scene didn't quite pay off enough. Like it felt like her letting him go, you know, him, her letting him win so that he could go along despite the fact he really wasn't ready. I don't feel like that ever came up again. So it felt, it felt a little off, but you know, it, it meant they got to put a little fight scene here early in the movie and pace it a bit. So I guess that works. Yeah. I think, I think uh, I'll go ahead, Kenny. I, go. I was just going to say, I, th- I think it just had to do with having to establish that it was, it wasn't sim- a matter of them simply being able to let him to go because he's the only son and they can't just, mm-hmm. you know, so they had to have something happen. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would agree that it, 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 he kind of, you, you would kind of hope that maybe that would come back to haunt them in some form. Um, but... Yeah. I don't you establish a character isn't ready to do this yet. Yeah. You know, it should, you know, well, it doesn't have to, but it just kind of, it just felt but, odd. But, but also keep in mind, this is by Yang family standards. So he's not That's ready true. by Yang family standards. Um, and, okay. and, I, and I should point out again, this character is played by a woman. It's played by Lily Ho, who's uh, famous for the, uh, uh, for playing Ainu in uh, Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan. And the characters could not be more different. So it's very striking to see her in these two roles. But she's, I, I don't know, she kind of, to me in this role, I feel like she's, she almost acts the way Cheng Pei-Pei acts in a lot of her movies. There was something very similar to uh, to some of the films I've seen Cheng Pei-Pei in with the, the way that she was acting here. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, Kenny, did you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I thought that the, um, you can really feel the pride. Uh, sort of seeping from the from Shetai Chun, so from the Grand um, Duchess's sort of act, 
acting there, like the way she was like addressing the mural and pointing mm-hmm. at the at the at, at the at the family plaque, which sort of yeah denoted their loyalty and and all and and the fact that they showed all of the ancestral tablets, um yeah for for the, for for all the Yang generals who have sacrificed their life for the country was particularly striking as well, and I just really liked how how it how it felt like. You know, this is a family full of strong people, regardless of whether they were male or female. You know, they they were trained for war. They were brought up on the battlefield, baptized in blood for whatever. You know, that sort of thing. It, it, and it, it really, you know, came through in that scene. I thought. Yeah, Shay Tai Chum. After after these two previous scenes, both her figuring out about the lie and just her being firm in this scene, it's like she. You guys have no question about her at this point at all. She is, uh, she is in charge. Yeah, she she's a very strong character. She Tai Chun. She is a determined person. Um, <laughs> and uh, we get the uh, the next scene where they mount for war, and that's when um, uh, uh, Yang Pei Fung asks to join at the last minute. And you know that that now there's a decision with some consequences. There's um. Uh, you know, that, that, that sort of has an effect uh, down the road. And we also get uh, uh, Yang Hong, I think that was his name, uh, played by uh, Ku Wen, uh, the, the old guy who, who asked to join. They, you know, they're, he's old, they're a little bit worried, but they, they let him join. And so as they're heading out, they're uh, confronted by War Minister Wong, and he objects. And then she threatens <laughs> to have him beaten. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she's got her dragon-headed staff. So, uh, she, you know, she, and, and, and she, uh, uh, she, there's this, this exchange where the, the minister of war asks the prime minister, what's the penalty if somebody hits me? And, and he says, oh, execution of the whole family. And, and, and then, and then he looks satisfied and then, and then, and then, uh, she Tai Chun gets this smug look and she says, yes, but what about for me? And, uh, and, and she says, um, and the, and the the prime minister says, uh, for oh for her nothing. Uh, there there is no penalty. Uh, she she's uh, she's got the, the you know the the dragon headed staff which belonged to this old emperor and you know basically it puts her above the law so she can uh, she can use it to rebuke you know mi- misbehaving en- uh, ministers and emperors, and and so she does beat him. <laughs> she you know she she actually beats him with the staff and then and then the prime minister's like he's had enough like let's you know, uh, you know let's <laughs> let's move on and so she's just you know says well I'll be back for a day of reckoning. And uh, and that's it. So I mean, it was a very interesting scene. This is not not a very long scene, but uh, I thought you guys might have thoughts on that moment. I really liked it as well. Yeah, it's just because like yeah, she she she's just showing herself to be more and more badass as the scenes go on. Like yeah, she she's in, you'd think she's like a kind old granny type guy. Like, when she's first introduced and she's like sort of addressing her family. Like you think of her as a kindly old friendly grandma type, and then now she's just like beating a minister using a staff bestowed by the late emperor. You know, like it, it sort of yeah. speaks a lot of it about the sort of family history here as well. You know, the the fact that they are so appreciated and trusted by previous emperors, and and then the state of the country now is sort of decaying and. Yeah, things are falling apart uh, now that they're sort of no longer relying on their family, and sort of amps up their the the, the heroism a little bit there, or probably uh, it's like um, 
I don't know, not, not falsely propping it up, but yeah, it's sort of like making them seem like a much bigger deal than they probably are. But it's sort of understandable for them for, for the sake of the movie why they why they would sort of depict them in such a heroic way. Well, I think they're also meant to sort of be like an ideal, like something to sort of give people to sort of you know, uh, like you look at the Yang family and you sort of realize, oh boy, I fall quite short of that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't, th- I don't think, I don't think I could stand toe to a uh, Shi Tai Chun. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, Adam, did you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, it's just a very satisfying scene. Like I said, I agree with Kenny on that one. It's just, uh, you know, they've, they've kind of, it's kind of, you know, that the previous scenes have set her up as being this powerful person. And now you just get to see her, you know, using that power and, uh, taking down this war minister. And, uh, and so the next scene is just a scene at camp where they're sort of like planning their approach. And I guess the important thing that happens here is they decide to use guile and that they're going to sort of avoid the go like around the mountains and attack through the rears, I think what they said. And and so um, and, you know, it's a minor, minor moment in the film. And then we see uh, the uh, the Shah encampment, their their fortress. And this is where we sort of get the full display of the brutality that Kenny was talking about earlier. Uh, we get to see Bolo Young is sort of a tough soldier guy, just brutalizing people, and um, uh, we, you know, they're, 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 you know, I think the 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 king or the emperor says, um, you know, I want them to develop a taste for some blood when we take over Song Country. So uh, he, he he, you know, he's encouraging them to do this, and he and he gives them Song women, and Bolo Young's character gets slapped by the woman, so he just kills her right there on the spot, and then. Uh, you know, tries to rip open her clothing, and then that's when the slave uh, Lu Chao or Lu Shen, depending on the sub or the dub, shows up, played by Yu Hua, and he tries to cover up her torn pant leg, and he ends up embroiled in a situation with Bolo Young, who's a really imposing, intimidating guy. Um, and they basically say that he's going to have to fight a duel with Bolo Young. They're trying to kill him, pretty much, but they're also sort of trying to be men of their word, and they say, uh, you know, you, you fight a duel, and if you win, you're free, and if you, uh, uh, you know, you know, if you die, you die, so, um, and before the duel, uh, for whatever reason, he has to get whipped, because he's a slave, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that moment, actually, but he has to get whipped in the chest, and then they, they, and this is something that happens a lot in the movie, they, they, they put drops of his blood into a bowl, and mix it with water, and then Bolo Young drinks it, and and then they fight and so uh you know the fight is generally not going uh lu chow's way initially it uh you know bolo young is kind of grandstanding he's you know he's sticking his butt out and like he's just basically taunting the guy when, when when he's on the ground uh and he tries to throw him off the the edge of a ledge onto some concrete and then jump down on him and in the process bolo young's character falls and hurts his head and and the tide of battle turns in favor of Lu Chao because of Bolo Young's character's stupidity, and uh, and so he you know so he eventually wins the fight, and he talks to his sister after, and they overhear that there are these few hundred Song troops on their way, and so she uh, and that and that the the Shah are planning an ambush, so so the sister convinces him to to run out and 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 defect to the to the to the song and, and inform them of the uh of the of the of the ambush uh and and it's a it's sort of a brave thing on her part because she knows that she's probably going to get killed the moment they find out he's done this 
So, uh, so I don't know, thoughts on this scene. Uh... Uh, I, I think the, 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 the sort of the scene where they're whipping him is because slaves are technically not supposed to be able to, um, it's similar to how, uh, before you can report a crime, um, against mm-hmm. your master, you have to get tortured and like sign a confession. Right. Remember from kind of what, what movie we watched where that, that, where that was a thing. Um, you're, do you remember that? Oh, I don't remember which movie, but I know. But it's a thing. It's definitely a yeah, thing. yeah. So it's, it's, it's sort of that thing in the courtroom where you had to like, get thrown on spikes or whatever. And then... oh, it might have been. Um, was it the Five Venoms? Was that the movie that we were you thinking of? It's got the Venoms in it. I can't remember which movie it was. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely a Venom movie. But... Yeah, but it's, it's it's probably that sort of just sort of, we'll gloss over which movie it was. But it was, it was that sort of thing where you had to. To first take punishment for raising a hand to his, to his masters or whatever, and then you could have to fight. I'm not sure why the blood though. That just seems mm. extra. But it's extra occurring. They do the blood a lot yeah. in this. Well, uh, Lolier does it too when he's whipping somebody. Um, yeah. Well, he he licks it off the whip directly, and I, I fear <laughs> that's more like perversion from Lolier's part, like oh, his, his, his 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 act of perversion rather than like intimidation or whatever. It's just it's probably yeah, nice fan. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have to admit, I spent part of this movie wondering, I wonder what they use for fake blood and what it tastes like. That was something that ran through. But, yeah, uh... I was, well, especially when he drank <laughs> the water, I was wondering if there was still fake Shaw Brothers blood in that water or if it was... Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the later be... whip scene is where, where you can see it on his tongue in the whip scene. So I was like, I was like okay, he's really, well, really uh, drinking this stuff. I think, I think you can make pretty convincing fake blood with corn syrup so maybe maybe he was just drinking some corn syrup with food coloring in it. yeah it's probably yeah. something like that but uh i don't uh, know I, that... oh, go I, on. Say, like, I like to think that brother young had no idea what was thinking, what was going on so he saw he see him dip his finger in and stir it and lick it before he starts to grab, grab the bowl and drink it so it's like i wonder if it's like exactly i'm not really sure what this is so i'm just gonna uh, oh that's fine i'll just i'll take it now <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I loved the way they did Bolo Young's eyebrows in this one. They were, they were, they really sort of completed the character that he was yeah. supposed to be. Um, so yeah, so then uh, Lu Chao goes to the Yang camp, and and it, you know he there's a little bit of uh, you know concern that he might be a spy or something, but he eventually convinces them that there's an ambush, and they have to talk about what to do over this ambush, and they decide a detour would take too long, so they're just gonna take their chances and walk right into the ambush basically. Um, and so they, they, you know, the ambush is set at this pass through the mountains and they have these fake trees. So they can do this fire trap. And, uh, the, the tactic that they end up deciding upon is as they're approaching, um, I think it's Yang Pei Fung, uh, sort of starts rolling on the ground in pain, acting like something's happened to her. And then as everybody's distracted, uh, the, um, uh, the people on the, on the Yang side, uh, slip up into the into the cliffs to attack the ambushers as sort of like a preemptive ambush i guess i don't know and uh, and then a big violent skirmish just breaks out and there's you know people on fire and supplies on fire and people getting thrown you know into boulders and boulders getting thrown onto people and it's this is where i think you see some of the the real sort of uh crippling bloodshed that that we talked about at the very beginning of this um you know, but the big thing that really is that the, the important thing that happens during this scene is the loss of provisions. The provision loss it becomes an important plot point in upcoming scenes. 
but did you guys have any thoughts on the uh, on the ambush scene or any of the stuff that happened at this point? I gotta say, like for for all their sort of declaration of using guile and like outwitting the enemy, walk. Let's walk into the trap. Uh, hardly seems like the best of plans. Like I was thinking, you're from a family of famous generals, and the best thing you can think of is going into a situation where the enemy has both the high ground and preparation to to roll shit on you and like fire shit on you. And you also know that there is a fire trap ready to like be sprung around your army and you still think it's a good idea to just walk straight in yeah Yeah, my i think my feeling of where it like really fell apart for me they kind of they walk up to the edge of the trap they have the one woman like throw the fit as a diversion and the rest like sneak around but then before the ones that snuck around can really do their ambush from behind they charge forward it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna take out all the traps above what's the hurry take out the traps above then then you can move forward but i don't know it seemed uh weird to me yeah and i I do think that the um i i i think that they were trying to like kind of like kenny was saying they were trying to do two things at the same time they were trying to highlight bravery and guile in the same moment and it kind of felt weird because they're like (laughs) oh we're gonna be we're gonna be clever but no, we're going to charge in and just, you know, uh, so, so I would kind of agree with that. I thought the scene was effective in the sort of flesh ripping brutality mm. of it. And like the uh, and I think that's something that in this movie is quite remarkable the way they do it. It's not it's not particular. It's weird. It's like not really gory yet. It is sort of unnerving when you see like I think it's more to do with the sound effects and the volume of blood. But um, but you feel like this is real violence and. You also get a sense of the ferocity of of the uh, of the Yang family when they're fighting. There's that one scene where I can't remember which character it is, but she's up on that that big pile of rocks and she's fighting with the um, with the with the Shah, and she, she's just ferocious. It was like a mm-hmm. uh, like a like like just going down fighting, like literally going down fighting until the boulders collapse. Um, yeah, now, I could argue about the strategy involved, but it was a good action scene. There's no question. Yeah, I thought it was definitely. Yeah, this was our first casual. Well, I think it's the first casualty, right? Um, I think aside from a couple of people that didn't matter initially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but this particular death was, I, I thought, quite brutal because what happens was both her and the um, the Western Shah general guy were fall off the edge and have like the rock trap and the log traps like crushing them underneath it. Mm. So it. I don't know. It, it just felt like, it, you know, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't gory or anything. You didn't see that like blood splatter, like you wouldn't like a a saw movie or whatever. But you, you know, you, you see them rolling down a cliff and being crushed by logs and and boulders, and uh, it's just like something really, I'd say, real about that that that, that you wouldn't normally get in this sort of movie. So you think, oh god, they they died to a mundane rock trap. <laughs> so it adds a very um, element of a very you know real element of danger to the movie that people are are very mortal they they will die to injuries and and you know and and ultimately yeah they they are people in a war and that things can happen like that Uh, yeah it's a very unusual movie because there's a there's a combination of sort of like some really sort of uh unusual like like uh I don't know what you would call it, like not quite gonzo, but definitely some some crazy things happen. Like somebody climbs up the side of a cliff with two short spears and and there's the human bridge scene, which we'll get to. 
but but it's also very grounded like you're saying like they're like like people like you know people get chucked into the fire and die and and they the, the reliance on the provisions becomes a really massive plot point where they have to you know they, we'll talk about that soon but you know they, you know they, it's they don't just gloss over the loss of the food stuff you know in a lot of movies they'll do that um and so it has it ha it feels kind of grounded in reality even even when it sometimes gets you know larger than life in moments it always comes back down to earth it seems um, yeah that was where it started to feel like a real war movie to an extent once the once the provisions came into play i'm like okay this, this is this is a yeah. war movie yeah <laughs> yeah you got you get a real sense of that um and so uh you know there's the so following the ambush we also get sort of a protracted battle in the woodlands uh where the where the shah sort of try to sort of weed them out and there's these sort of various engagements through the woods uh and it and and that ultimately leads to a big showdown uh it ultimately leads to a big showdown with uh gui ying uh wu kuang i'm uh, sorry wen kuang and uh fifth prince uh and this is where you have the duel where uh you know they're up on a cliff and uh mugui ying and uh fifth prince are sort of standing off and he's firing his arrows at her and she's got her spear and uh and eventually uh you know it looks like she's got the upper hand but he pulls a fast one and he he has this trick he uses with his bow where he gets it to snap back and hit her in the chest and then he takes the opportunity to flee um so i don't know any any thoughts on the woodland battle or the uh the, the duel between gui ying and uh Fifth Prince. I, I, I like the idea of using the bow as a staff. I mean, ultimately, you know, a bow is a staff that is forced to bend by by by, by tempering and, and stretching of the bowstring. And the fact that you know that when he snaps the bowstring and it's sort of all that pent up force released into like a strike to her chest. And it, it, you know that 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 blow is relevant for the rest of the movie because it. Um, I don't know why it gives her headaches or. Um, is it headaches? It is headaches, right? Yeah, she gets headache, like headaches and blurred vision from that blow to the chest for some reason. Um, yeah. It must have hit some kind of vital accuracy. Well, they mentioned a poison being used, too, so there's that. But, but, the but poison she, was in the arrows, right? And she wasn't yeah. wounded by any Yeah, she, she so, wasn't hit. Yeah, I was, I was confused about it. I was wondering, was it, okay, so she really wasn't hit, okay. But I, I think was, it's... That's, I think it's one of these things, it's kind of like the things in wuxia movies where once somebody coughs up blood and they have some kind of internal injury, it can be so many different things. And, uh -huh. and so I think that's what it was going on here. Um, yeah. Or oh, even that, if we're trying to like do a realistic take on it, it might be, um, uh, what's that condition called? Where, uh, whiplash of some sort from, from the from the force of the blow well, and then maybe her her she pinched the spinal a uh, nerve in, in her spinal cord well also now now that you are going down the realistic angle she did get tossed several feet into the air and land on the ground hard so she probably had a concussion and oh, yeah. and and also the blow to the chest you know i i guess that blurry vision could be representing like a loss of breath like maybe she's like maybe her heart was affected oh, yeah, or her lungs yeah. were affected and so you know the blood is backing up into her lung, lungs periodically and she's just kind of getting a little bit dizzy and 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 blurred so so maybe it was more realistic now that now that we're actually sort of dissecting it i don't know um <laughs> But, uh, but no, I, I thought it was a really good scene for Lowly. There, it was just showing him as being. Like, he was so like suave and nonchalant about it, <laughs> sitting on the rock and like, oh, come on, come kill me. <laughs> and you know, he still had this trick up his sleeve, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, um, 
uh, sort of highlighted how cunning he was. Like, he was not just like pure. It's not pure brutality. You know, he has he has smarts in him as well. And uh, and also how he was taunting her with like you know you know the shot I shot arrows like this through your husband's chest like he just was you know and, uh, it's like I got free for you and free for your son <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the son is just getting all riled up and she has to calm him down and so uh, you know is uh, I thought it, I thought it was a really cool scene it's one of the more memorable moments in the movie for me um, and then it's it's followed by uh, you know uh, Lu Chao's sister pays the price exactly like she said she would, and uh, and they're gonna and so we get a scene where they're gonna try to torture her, but one of the other women uh, sort of gives her a mercy killing so that she doesn't have to uh, deal with any of that, and uh, and I think we get a little bit more a little bit of more of a window into the brutality of the Shah here, and uh, and then and then we move into the supply issue where they're camped in the woods and they're boiling these these really bitter looking leaves um and and drinking the water and they're trying to debate what to do about the food situation they don't want to go in a raid because they're thinking of raiding the uh the shah uh supplies but they realize the shah the shah would be expecting them to do that so they it's not a good idea and gui ying doesn't want to eat the horses because the horses have served them so well and there's even kind of a slightly comedic scene that actually that actually comes back like it actually has effect later in the movie where uh, General Chow and General Mung uh, catch a dog and they decide that they're going to try to eat it. And and Hong, the guy that decided at the last minute to join them, is like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you eat that dog. If you try to eat that dog, I'll eat you. Like, you know, like, what has this dog done to you? And he and he and he lets the dog go. And uh, and then they, um, uh, you know, they 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 they, they, they he talks with um, Yang Pei Fung about going on a on a on a on a raid even though they've been ordered not to and and so they ultimately do they ultimately go to uh 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 like one of the forts where they have supplies and and they take out these bamboo tubes and create like a chain with them and then they siphon the grain out of the sacks it's a really ingenious method for uh for getting the grain downhill uh, but that dog that they let go uh comes back and you know, because he because he he uh, he saved it, it doesn't end up barking. But the guards do discover what they're doing, anyways. Uh, however, instead of um, instead of coming out and attacking them right away, they decide to let them uh, let them leave, and then they they're going to follow them back to camp. And on their way back, some of the soldiers uh, intercept uh, Yang Pei, uh, sorry uh, Yang Pei Fung, and she's wounded. And uh, Wen Kuang has to sort of help her get back, and so they. Um, you know, uh, you know, then they sort of shift back to the camp and, uh, neither Wen Kuang nor, uh, Yang Pei Fung are there. And so they decide that they're going to have to press on. And at the last minute, uh, Wen Kuang and Yang Pei Fung return. And then there's this sort of dramatic moment where, uh, Xi Tai Chun is threatening to execute, uh, uh, Yang Pei Fung because she disobeyed orders. Uh, but she's ultimately persuaded to be merciful and, and make an exception in this case. But then Yang Pei Fung dies of her injuries anyways, uh, though she's happy to, to learn that she was given this gesture of mercy. Uh, so I don't know, what do you guys think of those scenes? The um, uh, the death of Lu Chao's sister, the food supply, and the food raid. I definitely enjoyed the part where they used the bamboos to, to siphon the rice. It's like, 
I, at first I was really confused as to why why they were sort of carrying this bamboo with them. It's like I thought they were trying to pole vault yeah. into the into the granary or something. But you know, when they sat the fruits, oh, of course they can uh, use that to sort of siphon it down, and um, and it's really clever. I don't know. It, it seems like, I don't know if that would be like a valid strategy in war, but or if it's just something fanciful from the directors there or the scriptwriters. But it. it it's definitely one of those things which is like when you see it it's like oh, it's pretty impressive uh, the ancient people were quite smart apparently <laughs> it see yeah i don't know if that like i i i suppose i don't know i have no idea how supply raids were conducted so i'm just going to keep my mouth shut on that but what i will say is i think in a role playing game it would totally fly if my players came up with that in a role playing game i would be you know I, I that that would be magical um so it's a it's 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 I think it's cunning enough for a movie and games for sure. And I'd be I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was reading a history book and came across something that was like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, oh, go ahead. I gotta say though, like so, the dog part doesn't really make sense to me. Like I I know that you know he rescued it and it doesn't block and all that but in that case could a dog have not shown up at all and what difference would that have made like it could have saved like the two minutes of dialogue with the dog in the beginning and well, the 30, 30 seconds and if of, they'd eaten uh, the dog it wouldn't have been an issue either too i guess unless, <laughs> unless the assumption is another attack dog would have been there so well it's because the thing is like it was just a stray right so it's like it wasn't like it was guarding the, I uh, thought it was their guard dog. I thought it was like one of the dogs of of the fort. I don't know. He, he calls it a stray uh, earlier, so it's like okay. during okay. during the first scene, he's he call, I mean, you know, maybe 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 uh, Hong was wrong about it, but uh, he refers to it as one, I think. But uh, like like if it was something like the dog shows up at some point and bites like one of the Shah soldiers or <laughs> yeah, then yeah, okay, that that sort of uh, yeah. Um, tells a story of animals being intelligent and recognizing yeah people who help them that type of thing uh, but here it was just like well if you didn't have the dog in the first place or if if uh, you know they actually ate the dog and then it wouldn't have been an issue either way well and so also, the thing is that oh go ahead the thing is with dogs too knowing dogs well if you make a dog like you saying that means it won't bark when it sees me is a bad assumption it's like hey it's my friend hong you know starts barking i also do uh... think the hong character suffered a bit from the dubs the sub version had a little bit more dignity to him and the dub version he had a, a weird speech impediment. I don't quite know what it was, but he was... He, his We're talking S's about Hong, were, you said? Yeah, Hong, the old guy. His oh, okay. S's were sounding like SH's or something. There was something there, and it just kind of... It gave the character an effect that didn't feel present in the... Uh, um, yeah. It was, it was so. quite foolish sound-seeming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I, I got to admit, the dubs, on the dubs are always tricky. I mean, you know, we know that that Lily Ho really got an award for this movie, but it's like with the dub voice that she has, it doesn't, it doesn't come off exactly as an award winning performance, which is no fault of hers. Well, one thing to keep in mind too, is that I think that this movie would have been dubbed over anyways in the original Mandarin. So even if, even if, you know, so, so what you're really looking for with that performance is her physical performance, I believe. Um, I could Mm -hmm. be mistaken in this individual case, but usually these older movies, you're not even hearing the, actor anyways when you do have the the subtitles on um so but but i think if you pay attention to her physical performance you can definitely see it and again if you see if you watch that performance and then you contrast it with a performance in intimate confessions of a chinese courtesan 
it's a really striking like range um, yeah yeah uh, but uh but anyways the um uh the, the shah end up following them to camp and uh and a couple of them get in there and uh fire off a signal from a bow and so they have to up and leave but they sort of cleverly leave behind some of the shah inside one of the tents and when the shah get there they th- they assume it's them and so they 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 send some flaming arrows at the tent and burn their own men which i i don't know i thought that was kind of a funny funny little scene and uh and then as they're fleeing they uh they go into the hills and they go up this big vine ladder um and this is where you really get a sense of sort of the adventure of war too where they're they're sort of climbing up the vine ladder and then they're about to cross this this important bridge but the the shah burned the bridge and so they try to get across and only like half of them do before it burns down and when kwang gets uh gets stuck on the bridge uh and and dangling from like a cord and has to has to barely just make it across and so this is like a really famous moment in the movie uh, where they where where Mugui Ying says, OK, we're going to form a human bridge. And <laughs> and they just form pyramids on either side of the of the chasm. And and they in perfect time, they they sort of fall together and create a human bridge. And then people start walking over it. And, uh, you know, they're still getting pressed by the enemy, though. So, you know, the, the Shah start uh coming up from the rear and they have to send some of their men to die to sort of fend off the uh uh you know their back so that the the rest of their people can get over the bridge um and so we'll move into the next stuff after uh you know after but we probably should talk about the bridge scene and the and the burning of the tent uh any any thoughts on on those moments I thought it was quite clever of them to put the soldiers in the tent as well, and that was this quite a satisfying scene to see them sort of killing their own people, especially after we've sort of been treated to their brutality and their torturing of people. And you make it only seems like yeah, poetic justice for them to torture their own people in the same, you know, not in the same way, but like in in a, in a brutal way as well. Yeah, just counting on their brutality is was what made it work. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think that I think that scene is like the, 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 the bad guys kind of get their their just desserts for a moment is the, uh, it's a, and, and also just sort of how they the realization when they realize what they're doing. Um, what about the uh, the human bridge? Oh man, that was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was so, it was it, it goes so far out of the realm of absurdity that it just also like you know what this is brilliant. Like I can't <laughs> say anything else about it. <laughs> well, and I'm convinced. I mean, I've seen enough um, pep rallies in my day that I think that with enough practice, that sort of thing could be done. Like I, I can imagine a cheerleading squad achieving something kind of like that. So. Mm-hmm. If if they've been practicing the drill, then I think it's, you know <laughs> maybe it's viable. I don't know, but but it definitely. I mean, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. They're they're sort of they're, they're, they stack up on either side and then they just you know fall down and form a bridge. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it's visually it's very striking, and it's also just sort of the the perseverance. It's like you know it's the point where most people be like, okay, the bridge is gone. Like we're going to have to go another way. Like there's no, and then no, we're, we're, you know, if, if, if the bridge falls down, we'll be the bridge. It's a, it's the, it's just the ultimate in, you know, not giving up. Um, so, you know, which I think, again, I think that's a big part of these kind of movies. That's uh it's sort of what separates the, uh, you know, like, you know, sometimes the characters die in the process, but they, they, they maintain, they, they, they hold your respect if they can, if they can just keep going. And, 
and keep coming up with solutions. Um, and in the next scene, uh, they're sort of contemplating, you know, how to attack the, the Shah. They're now sort of in position to sort of actually launch an attack. And they have to think of a way to, to sort of get their soldiers out of the encampment so they can get in there and, and assassinate the king and his princes. And so Wu Guying thinks about it and she asks her husband for guidance and she then sees branches floating in the water. So it's like he gave her a sign and she realizes that they can bust the dam. So if they bust the dam and sound the alarms in the, uh, in the, uh, in the fort so that the men, you know, all, you know, leave to go uh, intercept the enemy and then bust the dam after they've left, it'll cut off their return and they can, they'll be free to sort of, you know, uh, wage an attack inside the fort. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, into, into the, the, the rest of it in a bit, but what did you guys think of that plan? Number one, um, what did you think of the moment where she sort of got inspiration from the plan? I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like I didn't quite understand the plan when it was mentioned the first time. Around. I think when I actually saw saw the plan in action, that I sort of understood that they wanted to, you know, how that scene inspired her. Because I thought the branches were just like, oh, maybe they'll try to attack from underwater yeah. or something. You know, <laughs> but but after you know she explained that, I sort of realized, oh, that's because the branch is like sort of hitting against like, um, so the 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 edge of the the lake or whatever that sort of inspired her to try and attack what was stopping the water from flowing, which was a dam. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a classic war strategy. You know, you lure the enemy to where you don't want them to be and then um, uh, you take them out and stop them from getting to where they want to be. It's a fairly straightforward misdirection, I'd say. Uh, well, yeah, I thought it was, a, it's, it's a good tactic and it's, uh, it's obviously, we'll find out it's going to involve tremendous sacrifice. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was, I, I think it's like a cool scene where, um, uh, it, it doesn't seem like much, but something about that scene really helps kind of establish the overall, uh, mood of the movie for me. Like, especially the way that the sets are utilized at this point, because a lot of the film up until this point has been outdoors. But when you get to the bridge scene, you get to the scene where she sees the branches in the water, they're using a lot of more sort of like classic Shaw brothers type sets. And, and I feel like it helps create like a, a little bit more of a, of a, of a, of a fantastical world around you. Like you just, you, 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 uh, and so it just does a lot for the atmosphere. Um, so, so yeah, so after that, uh, you know, some of their people are captured and interrogated by the fifth prince and, uh, and, and then, uh, they, as that's happening, they, they, they stage their, uh, uh, their their plan and so the first part of the plan is they have to take the alarm tower like the the watchman towers and and then they are going to convince each of the watchmen to to sound the alarm that the song troops are approaching and then hopefully the the shah's uh the shah forces will will leave the gates and then they can attack and and so they you know they manage but uh but the the shah weren't born yesterday so fifth prince kind of goes and checks and the first watchman he talks to has like a wine gourd and seems a little bit drunk and so he says this guy's a drunk like let's so so they say so they ask each of the watchmen but they've they they have foresight so they've taken over every single one of the towers and all of the watchmen confirm that the that they've seen the signal and so they uh they end up sending their men out but then there's a delay in the um 
uh, in the bridge breaking. And, and General Chow and General Mung, along with three brothers, have volunteered to go and destroy the dam. And, and they know it's a suicide mission because the dam is going to burst on them. And, and so, uh, you know, they launch an, an, uh, an initial assault. And then there's kind of a moment where things back down a little bit. And it's unclear whether the troops are going to be able to return or not. And so then the dam is finally burst open and uh, and it floods the whole area with water and a lot of the Shah troops get washed away. And then we have the massive battle. And it's just it's just as brutal as all the other battles. It's like a it's a really sort of great spear versus sword and shield fight. Like you have these golden shields and the swords versus the, the spears. And uh, and, you know, eventually the. Uh, the, the Yang women are victorious, but at, at cost, like people are getting, you know, like it's not an easy fight. Um, and the last one to go down is actually the fifth prince. The king dies fairly early under the hand of Mu Wu Ying. And I do want to talk about that scene a little bit um, uh, in a moment. Uh, and then, uh, and then the, uh, then they slowly pick off the remaining five princes and, uh, and then they return home and uh, minister Wong has to, uh, you know, it's a very embarrassing moment for Minister Wong, and he's forced to receive them. And he tells them an imperial banquet awaits them, and they they say they're not going to go; that they should, you know, uh, eat, you know, have, hold the banquet in honor of those who didn't return. And uh, and uh, Shi Tai Chun, um, you know, is still uh, and you know has a message that she wants to give to the emperor uh, about a uh, about a, a minister who you know does not know what he's doing and is uh, uh, you know has has been bad for the country so uh so it's a it was a very quick synopsis of the last section of the movie but what do you guys think of the of all those scenes oh man i thought the sort of tension moment where um, the fifth prince was investigating and everyone was checking all the, <laughs> the watchtowers was quite well done like it was like yeah, by this point I was so invested in the movie and the vengeance of the Yang family that I was just like I wanted to go well for them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like we don't we don't know you know that was we we didn't know by then that that they had all secured all the towers and all the scouts. Mm. So we just sort of sat there thinking, oh oh, is it, are they going to find out? Did they leave anything? You know, and I, I really enjoyed the little the little ploy there, and 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 I also appreciate the fact that the fifth prince was so shrewd and. Uh, um, cautious that he would actually go climb up himself to check to make sure everything was okay. Um, yeah, really, the sort of adds to, to to his character. You know, despite the fact that his character doesn't really do much per se throughout the movie, but it's little scenes like this really sort of bring out the. I don't know if it's Lolie or, or the way the character is written. Lolie but... is just a. I think he's just a good mm. villain, no matter what he's. Yeah. Doing. I mean, but it requires good writing too, because I mean, you know, I've seen him in movies where it's not, you know, anything special. This this was a role that he was able to really sort of settle in well, I think. Um, yeah. There's lots of movies where I I'll be cynical enough that I just assume everything is going to go well, and they're just kind of jerking me around with suspense. But with this, I was like, is this going to work? Is this going to work? It, it, uh, yeah, I, I got got invested in that as well. And uh, yeah, and the, and the massive clash actually with the with the shields and the spears was uh, uh, that that was a uh, that was a treat for the eyes. But at the same time, it was also I was thinking, yeah, that's pretty realistic. I mean, none of, for some for whatever reason, none of the Song people have four of these in shields. For... <laughs> <laughs> well, they have double-headed spears, the... right? That's their big thing, the double-headed spears. Um, yeah, you would think yeah. they would have shields to go along. With but them. it's just like there's sort of like a shield balance from the sharpie from the sharp soldiers. It's just like 
yeah, they formed the shield war and they couldn't get past because whenever they tried to attack, they just like hold these shields and just deflect them and and you have people behind them sort of stabbing outwards to kill them and it was a very yeah they lost a lot of people in the sort of initial clash in the first two clashes there and it was only because they forcefully sort of pushed through and disrupted the formation that they managed to you know win the fight in the end what would they do they they interlocked right they like interlocked and made a formation yeah. their own almost and, yeah uh, and there was a great there's a great scene too where uh Muguying is sort of like holding her spear out and like the camera kind of comes at like sort of shakes in like that and like this really weird zoom um and it's just i think it's a really astounding like it just is one of the most visually impressive parts of the film um but it's only a brief moment you barely notice it i didn't notice it until i saw a gif of it and then i was like oh yeah that was a really cool moment and now every time i see the movie like that scene stands out but the the mo the, the she's the one who kills the king and in the dubs their exchange is fairly i don't know there's not a, anything substantial about it it's just kind of like i don't re even think it was that memorable but in the subs if i recall and i could be wrong because i'm going by memory but i think the king said why did you come and she said because i am mugu ying and that i <laughs> thought was like a like that really had an, an impact that was that was like, well, of course, I, you know, that's it, it was, it was a, a really great moment. And I might be butchering it or misremembering it, but it had that kind of an effect. And uh, and so it was kind of a shame in the dubs that 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 the weight of that didn't come over. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, it's a great last battle. And the and, you know, and then, the you know, they sort of when they when they return sort of victorious, but they've lost a lot of people. Uh, you know, it was uh, I thought it was a, 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 ni a nice cap to the movie. Um, I, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Um, so at, at the moment of the breaking of the dam, I really appreciated the camera work at that point as well. I, all the, the sort of the directing and the editing there, um, just because of the way it's sort of coinciding with her dizzy spells, you yeah. know, um, the way it's sort of switching between like the desperation of, of the two generals and their men trying to hack away at this thick wooden dam and the soldiers yeah. riding ever closer. And it was all just sort of, it, that was felt like a, the climax of the movie to me. It's like where it's like the the tipping point, the moment of whether they succeed or fail. It's just like whether she falls now from her wounds uh, from uh, from that fight with the fifth prince, and whether the generals succeed with their dam. It was all everything felt like it was riding in that moment, and I feel like that was like a sort of a high for me there. Yeah, yeah. I, I I had the same thing. It's like cause, you know, as someone that, that gets pretty bad headaches at times, just going from conveying that she has a headache to going to people pounding on the dam with axes. I'm like, yeah, that, it, it just it complemented very well. Well, and it also felt like a heartbeat or a pulse too, like that thumping. Yeah. It just you know, it's like yeah. it was a. It seemed to be. It seemed whatever she was experiencing. It seemed to be re related to that. And so, you know, and also to your own heartbeat, you know, it was a very, I don't yeah. know, it felt, you felt like you were connected to that scene by all those different sounds and visuals. And, and so, yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that, that, and, uh, and even just like the, the scene where it's flooding, it's just, it was, you know, that could have looked really bad. That could have been mm -hmm. really, a, I've seen a lot of really bad scenes like that. 
And then it kind I, of looked it looked good for the time. I thought I thought it looked very good. It did. I and it was it was leading up to that scene. I was like, are they gonna pull off a flood? A yeah. flood is not an easy thing. Are they gonna pull this off? Are they gonna? And they totally yeah. pulled it off. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it'll look like they did it in a bathtub, and they just get that like you know, oh, that's like just a faucet. That's not a flood. And yeah, and uh, and it, and it looked it looked powerful. It worked. It it, it was totally believable. Um, and then we think of the flood scene from Lord of the Rings. Actually, there's one particular scene where um, the, the the Nazgul or whatever are being mm. flushed away by the by the river outside the Elven forest. And and what, what what about that scene? Oh, it, it's it basically um, the, the flood scene in here reminded me reminded reminded me of that. I don't know if it, there was any inspiration drawn from it, but it's uh, pretty common in movies, I guess, to have a a, a a dam being broken and flushing away soldiers or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't put. I mean, it was made by Steve Jacks. No, it's, what's what was the guy's name who did Lord Peter, of the Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I'm thinking of the game designer. Um, yeah, <laughs> Peter Peter Jackson. There's did two it. Steve Jackson and, and games. I mean, yeah. he's Australian, right? So he might be. Uh, no, he's New Ze- from New Zealand. Oh, okay. I, I apologize, Adam, for that. Uh, yeah, that yeah great I, insult. Don't don't uh, don't do that. But but <laughs> but I mean, he's a little bit more in the cultural sphere. Uh, like like right, like maybe he maybe he would have. Uh, been more familiar with this movie than like an American director. I don't know, um, no idea. But, but I mean, they they get they get more Chinese cinema in New Zealand and in Australia, I'd assume, right? It's possible. I don't know. I I haven't really. I've only ever been to the airport in New Zealand. Okay. So I, I assume. I, I, I always assume that there was more. You well, know. Peter Jackson is pretty big into cinematic history, so I, I think it's a safe bet that that he's seen some Shaw Brothers movies. Okay. I would think. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, and that was the that's the end of the movie. So, uh, any final thoughts on the film? Um, uh, I highly, I, I I would definitely recommend this. I mean, it's it, it is just it's a good war movie. It's got a. A nice flow to it. You're, it kind of takes you on this this big journey. Comes to a nice emotional, satisfying ending. I, I yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, and I agree. And I was I also sort of enjoyed the the sort of the, the wuxia trope here of like you know the men are supposed to be stalwart and not show their sort of emotion. They're supposed to be stoic all the time and. And the women are supposed to be the ones who are who are emotional and, uh, um, but in, in this movie they sort of inverted that a little bit. And the women here are all they're, they're, they're passionate, but at the same time, like they've got the chivalry, the the the, the honor, and the stoic. Like the whole, you know, despite the fact that they just, that the woman just lost her husband, thing she takes command and leads, uh, uh, you know, the the the, the family into in, into war essentially with the country, and that's sort of like a, a level of um, heroism that you know isn't traditionally assigned to women and i really sort of like how how, how they're they're portraying that the women here are capable in their own right and um and that they they that you know they, they are capable of exacting their own vengeance really yeah no they're definitely capable and i think i mean mugu ying she's got like a backstory you know there's like a there's a whole you know she's got uh credibility before the stuff even unfolds and and i i do like how they, like you said they invert it and they're kind of doing it in a way to shame the men in the movie who won't 
step up. Like there's like 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 the uh, you know the, the you know the, the the men of the Song court are are reluctant to uh, to to send the troops out. And so you know they have to uh, they sort of have to step up and do it. And it's uh, um, I don't know the it's a uh, you just it could have been done in a ridiculous way. It could have, it could have been, it could have come across as silly if they had done it in a certain style and it came off working. It came, it was, it's just, uh, it, 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 and I think, again, I think a lot of it goes back to the, the way that it, even when it gets ridiculous, it always eventually comes back down to earth in a very sort of rooted way. And, and so all the actions believable, the mm-hmm. characters are believable, the emotions are believable and the, you know the, the 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 risks are believable. So, yeah, well, there's there's a cost to this movie. I mean, and the note it ends on too. Because I mean, it's like really, if the war minister had supported them and given them troops, they could have pulled off the same victory with a lot less losses because they would have had real numbers. And so, it, it because everything everything has a cost. It it's not it's not just hey they go off and have a breezy victory. Mm-hmm. So it, it works. But uh, but yeah, it's a very sort of three hundred like situation. You know, it's a very sort mm-hmm. of, um, so so yeah. So I don't know. I, I would recommend it. I would. It's it's available on Prime. I mean, this is one I would honestly say it's worth getting the DVD, if only so you have the option of watching the subtitles as well as the dubs. But the subtitles, yeah. Because the the uh, the subtitles, I think, in this case, add a lot to the movie, especially just kind of getting a sense of. You know, sometimes dubs will add a, a, a sense of silliness to it. And if it's a silly movie, that's okay. Like, I was just watching Jay Dagger Ninja, and that has some witty dialogue, and the silliness in the dubs kind of added to it. But I think uh, if you're a movie like this, it's a little bit more stately, a little bit more serious. And so uh, it helps yeah. to kind of know what, what cue you're supposed to be getting from the dialogue. And the dubs can really blur that a lot. So, um so yeah, so so again, we will uh, we will be back on next week. I believe we're doing sh- uh, the Shadow Whip with um, Cheng Pei Pei, but I could be wrong. I gotta check our schedule, but I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that's the movie we're doing, and uh, and yeah, and unfortunately we couldn't have Lady Chow Fung tonight, and that's because we have a big storm and uh, it, it disrupted yeah. her commute, something awful. So. Uh, in yeah, fact, we're, we're, we're in very different parts of the East Coast, my, and we've, we've all got the same storm going. <laughs> my lights have been flickering the whole thing, the whole time I've been doing this, and the wind has been just pummeling my house. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm amazed we even made it through the podcast, to be honest. I thought we were going to get disconnected way uh, back when. So, so we, we got a full podcast out of this. So, anyways, we will uh, we will let you go. Uh, you should uh, you know stay tuned for Sunday because me and Adam will be back with the rest of our Babylon Five, and uh, on Tuesday we'll have our Sons of Lady eighty seven uh, session log posted up, and we're gonna have plenty more. Um, and so uh, we will talk to you later. 